When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. At center ice, it's Connor McDavid. He's got Darrell Walker, and he's got some room down the sidelines. McDavid to Everly, dishes off. What time? To the 30, 20, 10, 5. Star! Touchdown, Eskimos! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Well, that was quite a little start to the season, wasn't it? And the Oilers will try to make it two in a row tomorrow as they close out the home-and-home against the Calgary Flames. Now, unfortunately for the Oilers, Brandon Davidson has been placed on injured reserve with an upper body injury. Head coach Todd McClellan saying Davidson will be out a while. It is not a concussion. It is not a head injury. Eric Griba now with the Oilers after clearing waivers. He never actually physically went to Bakersfield. He practiced today. It'll be he, Mark Fain, or Matthew Benning jumping into the lineup tomorrow. We'll have to wait until the morning skate. That game will be on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 for the face-off show. 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's 6.07. It's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always great to talk to you. And my goodness, how about that start for the Oilers in their brand-new building? And a shot is tipped in front by Patrick Maroon. Right off the draw. season one nothing and it belongs to maroon waits dishes and that's turned over and here comes edmonton maybe a three on one tyler pitlick over the line jones scores pitlick his fourth career nhl goal and his first in two seasons has restored the lead to edmonton it's two to one So the Oilers scored on their first two shots on goal. They scored on three of their first five. Brian Elliott allowed six goals on 27 shots. In this day and age, that's considered a tough outing. But when Kelly Rudy played, that was considered a pretty good night. (laughs) I like it. Those sound like my career numbers, don't they? Two for two to start off every game. I felt badly for Elliot last night. I, I, I don't think many other Edmontonians would have, but uh, just knowing the situation, and he's got a lot of pressure on him here in Calgary, and the talk all through training camp is just terrific there. Well, he's going to be a real steadying factor. And as you mentioned, the first two go in, and it was a slow start for him. And you could just see he was grinding away. And I, I kind of thought back to one of my experiences. I was uh, let go by the... Uh, L.A. Kings, I signed as a free agent uh, with the San Jose Sharks. Um, our second game of the season was going to be in Los Angeles. So um, Chris Terreri, our other goalie, played the home game, and I was to get the start in Los Angeles. And I was so hyper 
read. I was so pumped for this game. I wanted so badly to win it, and uh, I ended up letting in six, and it was a, not a very good night, of course. We ended up winning, luckily, but because Victor Kozlov scored in overtime, 7-6, but it was just a horrific start for me, and it took me a while to get back on track. That's why I'm wondering to see how he's going to play tomorrow, because sometimes you put so much pressure on yourself, although I did chat with him this morning, and he sounded pretty calm. The the two goals on two shots aspect of this, Kelly, are goalies, and maybe it's different for each guy, but you certainly probably had something that went through your head. Are goalies looking at the shot clock? I mean, you know the score, and I know yeah. you've talked in the past. It's your job to allow one fewer, one less goal than the other guy, whether it's 7-6 yeah. or 2-1. But you must glance at that shot clock and know, oh, geez, that's the only two I've faced, and they're both in. You do, and you're trying to figure out your coach, too, right? So this is a new experience for both of them, Glenn Gullickson, of course, and uh, Elliot trying to figure out each other and wondering, you know, how much uh, free reign do I have? Is, is he thinking of pulling me after giving up two and two shots, or would he consider pulling me after the second period when uh, I had already given up five? And so you're learning about that kind of stuff. I, I re- recall one game, in fact, in Edmonton, in the uh, – Northland Coliseum might have been my second year in the league, I believe, and Al Arbor, whom you know I love and uh, greatly respect. But I don't know if he knew about my battle level or how I could handle a little bit of adversity. And those powerful Oilers, they jumped out to a 2 nothing lead in about the first two and a half minutes. I, I, I can't recall who scored the first goal, but I know Yari Curry scored the second. I only faced two shots. We're down 2 nothing, And Al let me fight my way through. And uh, I, the reason I was so important to me because my entire family's there. I didn't want to embarrass myself to them. But Al let me fight through, and we ended up tying the game 3-3. And uh, it was a great lesson for myself, too, how to fight through. And I think it was a lesson for the coach, Al, to figure out, hey, this kid, it didn't go great, but I can, I, I've got a little bit of rain here. I can let him fight through, and by all accounts, it looks like it'll help. My point being, that's what I think – the two guys here, Elliot and Golston, need to figure out who's a battler. And he said today, uh, Glenn did, that he had no interest in pulling him. But I asked him, did you have a conversation with him after the second period? Like, you know, do you want to battle? Do you want to, do you want to get out? And, and there's no right or wrong answer. I would have continued to battle. I think most goalies are. But I had a unique conversation with uh, Craig Anderson uh, a few years ago. And he told me, no, you know what, if it's not going well, he wants to get out quickly and just start fresh the next game, which is a different attitude for me, but it sure works for him. Yeah, that is interesting because I think most guys would, would say they would want to stay in there because you, you and I think in hockey you'd be afraid of a reputation or a story getting around, you know, even if it got exaggerated about you not wanting to stay in a game when your teammates are getting pummeled, you know what I mean? Like it has that, with that all we're all in this together type mentality. <laughs> 100%. And that's the key, right? Like, let's just say if uh, Milan Lucic didn't have his greatest game, I wouldn't want him to come in to the uh, dressing room after the second period and say, you know, coach, I don't really have it, and I'll, I'll be good next game. No, no, you just go out there and have a great third period, and that's how you build teams. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. We're glad to have him back for another season weekly here on the show. So, Kelly, we're going to have a lot of fun, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about Connor McDavid a lot. He debuts with three points, and what struck me last night was the Oilers, you know, 3-1 after one, 
Calgary, as you would expect, woke up to start the second period. I still got my notes from yesterday. They had nine shots in the first four and a half minutes of the second period. Edmonton weathered that storm, but then surrendered two shorthanded goals. And Rob and I said last night, Edmonton probably just wilts after that point, but, but they rally... And McDavid leading the way. And Kelly, we've seen that with other great athletes, whether it's uh, Wayne Gretzky, Patrick Waugh, Michael Jordan, uh, Joe Montana, you know, pitchers in baseball. There's a point where the the really great ones kind of say to their teammates and to the opposition, okay, you've had your fun. Now I'll take care of this sort of thing. And I just did notice that a little bit. Craig Simpson said something similar about that on the broadcast last night about your point about this isn't the same sort of team that, that would wilt. This is a team, the Oilers, at least in game number one, looked, though, that they weren't rattled after the two shorthanded goals that they'd given up. Uh, it looked like a, a really determined squad. Uh, but getting back to McDavid, I mean, he is he's a wonder to watch. I mean, he just does so many things. And, and forget about his goals and that nice backhand or the pass for the, to set up the long pass for the breakaway. Uh, but there was a play in the second period where Mark Giordano takes a penalty. It's in the corner to the right of Elliott, and McDavid and Giordano are basically standing right beside each other. And Giordano is a, a real good skater, as you know, and, and a real fiery kind of guy. He's not often caught off guard. And McDavid separated himself from Giordano, who I would consider one of the best defensemen in the game, with a stride or two. The separation was unbelievable. And I thought, man alive. First of all, I don't know how he generates that kind of speed and power that quickly. And and more importantly, that he can catch a great defenseman like Giordano off guard. That tells you how good this kid is right now. And I, I can't imagine what we'll be watching in three years. It's that time of year where when you do a job like this, you have to give preseason predictions. Mine usually turn out to be wrong, but I, I did. Yeah. I mean, look, if McDavid plays more than 70 games, for example, he will lead the Oilers in scoring. A lot of people, not everyone, but you see a lot of predictions saying, well, McDavid will have the most points. Everly will have the most goals because he's going to be on that line. Mm-hmm. But I actually think McDavid is the best goal scorer on the team because we've already seen he can score from anywhere. And, and I, I think if you're an opposing goaltender, you can never say, okay, he's only in a passing position because he's already shown last year against L.A. He'll poke, check it off a guy's stick into the net. Preseason yeah. against Vancouver, he'll bank it off Markstrom's back. And then you know he was playing that carom and the banking off Elliott last night. You know he was trying to do that. Agreed. So I, I wouldn't have any problem in agreeing with uh, all you've said. And I, I don't know, it's, I always hate that thing where you're going to make a prediction how many points a guy's going to get, but boy, I got to see that he's going to be over a hundred points, and it's not going to be two and one every single night and a plus two. But boy, he is just a remarkable player. You know, Nick Kiprios and I at the World Cup of Hockey in Toronto, we marveled at that game in which uh, to, I think the first thirty seconds right. split. Hedman and Strawman, two pretty good guys and a real comfortable pair together. I, I remember Nick and I looked at each other, and I, I, we may have even stood up. We were just so amazed by what he can do. I just want to change it just for a little bit. Um, boy, you guys are pretty fortunate to get a guy like Chris Russell in your lineup too, right? Uh, 
he had a heck of a game for you guys last night, and uh, it's not going to be uh, like that. He's not going to get to two points every night, but that's what you can expect from him. He's a real smart player, and uh, I don't think you're going to see as many shot blocks. Because I, I just don't think that uh, they're going to ask him to do the same sort of thing in Calgary. I think the coaching staff here wanted him to do that as much, and he, he was a good soldier in that sense, but I think he, he can do a whole lot more than that. Well, I'm glad you brought him up because that's a signing where, uh, you know, there's a large section of the fan base who's like, why, why Chris Russell? Though I think he won a couple people over in, in his two games so far, preseason and yeah. uh, and and regular season. And you know, well, well, couldn't have you signed him earlier? Fair enough. That 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 can be debated. But I don't mind adding a guy, at 29 with several hundred games experience. It has to be defense by committee for the Oilers, and I think Russell will contribute to that. I was told by an NHL executive uh, a number of years ago uh, that he's an elite thinker of the game, and I would agree. I was lucky enough to watch him for uh, about, I don't know, not quite uh, two years here in Calgary on a daily basis, and he does so many things well that it was nice for me to, because I know him, that to see the fans appreciated his effort last night and they cheered him. You could definitely hear the cheers for a couple of the plays he made, so I'm sure he's going to fit in well to that room. Well, you old Burger Boys got to stick together, right, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. He's tougher than I am. That's the difference. <laughs> uh, all right. Are you, uh, where are you? Are you on the tube on Saturday? What's going on? Yeah, I worked the uh, game. It's a split game, split broadcast. Uh, I think Kevin and Drew are here tomorrow, as well as Rick and I are calling it uh, for the Flames broadcast. And then I hop on the red eye, and uh, the circus begins. I'm in Toronto on Saturday, and. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a, a brand new year again. Well, Kelly, we're glad to have you back on. It's always so much fun to talk to you, and uh, I'll, I'll keep digging up more of your stats, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. that. That really tells the story, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that is Kelly Rudy checking in tonight. Former NHL goaltender, of course, now working with the uh, NHL on Rogers. Uh, I, I had some fun with it off the top there that in Kelly's era, allowing six goals on 27 shots would be considered a good night. Only a slight exaggeration. Only a slight exaggeration, given the time that Kelly played in, uh, though it was starting to get a little stingier later on in his career. All right, you can chime in if you like, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Kelly has a lot of praise there for Chris Russell. You can tell me what you think of that. I want to get to some new uh, line combinations for the Oilers today. You'll hear from Todd McClellan. You'll hear from Zach Cassian. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Hi, this is Jay Onright from FS1 or from Athabasca. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Score Dodgers and Nationals, bottom of the first, Game 5, the decisive Game 5 of that series. We'll tee up the Blue Jays' ALCS against Cleveland with Andrew Walker out of Sportsnet Radio in Toronto a little later on tonight. He'll also talk about the Matthews mania that must be sweeping that city over the last 24 hours. 780-496-0063, Brian's on the line. Hey, Brian, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey. How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Yeah, good show so far. Um, yeah, I watched, uh, actually take the game last night and watched it later and, uh, unreal. Um, I called, I actually talked to you last week, uh, after the Vancouver game and commented on our defense. Yep. And specifically Chris Russell. And, um, 
you know, he's a kind of a breath of fresh air, I think, because uh, he, he's doing something that I don't think we've seen, um, you know, for Oiler defensemen um, as as he's he's so quick and, uh, and and he's a veteran defenseman as well. He's definitely going to make some mistakes, but he just seems to uh, complement our first two lines for sure. You know the the speedy guys, and and he just seems to be his, his instinct with the puck, and and even like there was a play there where he broke up a two on one uh, where he slid across. I mean just. You know, perfect timing. <clears throat> um, you know, I just wanted to compliment the guy because I think he's definitely going to be a good addition this year. But I had a question for you as well: is uh, with Kajula, how yeah. long is he going to be out? Yeah, all they say is day to day. The Oilers don't give much about the the injuries so over the last couple of years, as you've probably noticed. He uh, he didn't skate though, so that's kind of weird because he skated on. Uh, what day? He skated on Thanksgiving Monday, right? And I think he skated Tuesday as well. And then he hasn't been out there. So, you know, maybe it, I mean, it day to, day to day, but that could last 10 days, right? But, I mean, the one thing McClellan does say, he does kind of differentiate between weeks or a shorter time. Like they, they said specifically, Brandon <clears throat> Davidson will be out a while. Mm-hmm. So no Kajula. It looks like they're, they're just going to move Schlepp down to the fourth line and move Cassian up to the second line, and uh, Lander will be a scratch again. That's what it looks like going into tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and as far as uh, the injury to Davidson, uh, the third-pairing defense, it, who do you think they, that they could bring in and who would he play with? I, I, well, I think they'll put him with Nurse. I think they'll leave the top four together. I don't see any reason to break them up. I would hesitate to throw Matthew Benning into that game. I don't think they're very high on Mark Fain right now. I I, I think they might put Greibe in. Yeah. Well, he's, he's That's probably what I would do. Big, big, solid guy, eh? Um, yeah, I mean, he's got his limitations, but, um, you know, he can block some shots. He can help kill penalties. He's He's got more of a mean streak than Fain does, and they probably yeah. skate about the same. So yeah. I, I'd probably put Greibe in. Yeah, uh, would it surprise you if Benning gets in? Yes, yes, it would. Just because I think that's a tough environment to throw him into for his first NHL game. Yeah, a road game and all. Yeah, yeah. Brian, yeah. good to hear from you, buddy. All right, thanks. All right, we got a bunch of texts to six thirty, six thirty. We'll catch up with those. We'll play some uh, interviews from today, Cassian and McClellan. We're rolling along. It's Inside Sports on six thirty, Chet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Now, if you're sticking around for the whole show tonight, or you're going to come back a little later, I hope you can be around at 8.30. As you hear by the music here, we do enjoy the guitar rock coming back from commercials. A lot of it from the 1980s, though that's a more recent song by a band called Airborne. Uh, and if you listen to the show at all, you know that uh, I, I enjoy uh, t- topics besides sports from time to time. We're going to have a gentleman by the name of Jim Mitchell on the show. Uh, now, the, uh, he he works with my buddy Jay Onright in California on Jay's podcast. Jay is now with Fox Sports 1, as I'm sure you know, from Athabasca. We had his little, uh, his what, what do we call those, what are they called? The stingers coming back? What the are split, they? Return splitter. The return splitter. The sure. splitter. Stingers, what's on a B? Uh, anyway, <laughs> the business end of the B. That's yes. the business end of the B. Thank you, Kellen Kennedy, working as our studio producer tonight. 
So uh, Engineer Jim is going to be on the show at 8.30. He worked with Guns N' Roses, like in their heyday. So we're just going to talk about rock and roll for half an hour. So that's at 8.30 tonight. That'll be fun. You can text 6.30, I have a lot of texts I want to catch up on. But uh, first I want to talk a little bit about the Oilers' defense from a slightly different angle. Oscar Clefbaum commenting today that both his grandmothers were at last night's game. Uh, it was good. It was a great feeling. It's uh, a little bit different from back home, but uh, actually one of them said it was, uh, it was a bad game, a lot of stuff going on, bad structure and all that. So uh, she blaming me a little bit, but it's all right. All right, there you go. Oscar Clefbaum's grandmother sounds like somebody who would call in overtime open line. <laughs> uh, hey, was it, was it a masterpiece? No, it wasn't. Uh, I, I mean, look, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it apart. That's fine. I, I just, I think at some point you have to say, good that they won. And I mean, I know somebody said to me, well, they, what do they beat St. Louis playing that way? I don't know. I mean, they, did, they didn't play St. Louis. What do the Eskimos beat Calgary fumbling twice in the first quarter? Probably not, but they weren't playing Calgary. They were playing Montreal. The Oilers weren't playing Pittsburgh or Tampa Bay or Nashville or somebody good. They were playing the Flames. They they were the better team overall. Um, and I think there were some encouraging signs and, and as, as usual, things to work on. And that's fine. This texture says, Reed, Adam Larson. Haven't had many players like him since Gator. Loved watching him lower the boom on Flames skating behind the net. The right corner in the Oilers' end is suddenly fun to watch for fans again. That's a text of 630-630. Well, it's, it's interesting to me, the early praise coming in for Adam Larson. It started about halfway through the preseason, and uh, we get a few messages and phone calls like that pretty consistently now about Adam Larson, who I think has been very impressive. And I, I think we have seen his value. And uh, that texture is right. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call Adam Larson a mean player. I don't even know if I would call him an aggressive player, but I would certainly call him an assertive player. And I think he's a smart player, and I think he recognizes that if the best thing to do is to hit a guy, he hits the guy. I don't think he goes out of his way to drill guys. I don't think he gets out of his lanes and all that kind of stuff. But I think he recognizes, what do I have to do here to get the puck? Do I poke check the guy? Do I force him wide, or do I just simply rub him into the glass? I would say very encouraging early returns on Adam Larson. Absolutely, and and I you know I hope that given the player he was traded for, I, I hope that you know he turns out to be what the Oilers need. Just want to catch up on the scores here. The Rangers lead the Islanders one nothing halfway through the game. The Canadians are up 2-0 on the Sabres late in the second period. Also in the second period, Columbus 3, Boston 1. Devils and Panthers are tied 1-1. That is uh, after the first period. Taylor Hall, uh, minus 1 with a shot so far in that game. Did not get the New Jersey goal. Red Wings up 2-0 on the Lightning after the first. Halfway through the first, the Blues are leading the Wild 1-0. Jets and Hurricanes in Winnipeg, 1-1 in the first period. Caps lead the Penguins, 1-0, nine minutes in. Of course, no Crosby tonight for the Penguins. And uh, the Stars and the Ducks just getting underway. All right. 
T says, uh, hi, Reed. Do you think the Oilers will give Tyler Benson a chance to play this season? I, I would doubt it. I, 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 would doubt, I would doubt Tyler Benson plays in the NHL this season. He's back with the Vancouver Giants. Unfortunately, a nagging injury kept them out of the uh, rookie tournament in Penticton and all the Oilers preseason games. I, I, I would highly doubt Tyler Benson plays in the NHL this season. I think he gets another year in with the Vancouver Giants and then uh, probably in the AHL last season. Curtis from Leduc says, Hey, Reed, I'm rather comfortable with Griba in for Davidson, at least for now. I'll tell you why. Nurse needs some polishing in his skill set and settling the game down. With a guy like Davidson, he needs to be more physical, whereas with Griba, he can allow Griba to be the tough guy on that line. Calgary is a bigger team, not that fast on the bottom lines where Griba needs to play. I like putting him in at least against bigger teams and in a bottom pair where needed. That is from Curtis and Leduc. Darnell Nurse... Uh, underwhelming. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, clearly I think there's a, a guy there with a lot of potential, and I think we've seen glimpses of it for Darnell Nurse. He has not looked overly comfortable this season. Now, I know the debate's going to come up, well, this season. I mean, <laughs> yesterday and, and when he played in the preseason, he hasn't looked great. And I know people say, well, send him to the AHL, send him to the AHL. I, I don't... I, I don't know if you can send Darnell Nurse. Well, I mean, I, I guess we'll see what happens with Griba. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens with Fane. I, for for me, I'm still fine with Nurse being on the third pairing. Um, I, I mean, look, who who are you? Def- and you know what? Maybe you'll have an answer. I'm not asking this to be sarcastic. Um, you're welcome to disagree with me, but who are you definitively? more comfortable having on the bottom pairing than Del Nar- Darnell Nurse. I mean, for me, the options of Jordan Osterley, Griffin Reinhardt, even Mark Fain, even Matthew Benning, uh, David Muse. I mean, to me, Darnell Nurse can be in that position and maybe get, you know, better matchups. And, and uh, there just seems to be something with Darnell. I don't know what it is, but he almost seems... And I haven't talked to him about it, and McClellan hasn't said anything. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, hinting at something that I actually know. I'm just speculating. It, he almost looks like he's in that conundrum where he's afraid to make a mistake, and then because of that, he makes a mistake. That it, that's almost where it seems like Nurse is to me. Um, I, I think he's going to be okay. Jared says, Reed, I'm concerned about Nurse. I like him a lot, but I don't know if he has the technical ability in handling the puck. Uh, this is not a minor issue with t- with him. If the opposing team dumps it into his corner and puts the heat on him, he'll cough it up all the time. Well, Jared, you're right. That's been happening. He has not been efficiently getting the puck up. And that's what we've able, when we've been seeing. I mean, again, in the very short time that we've had, We've been seeing the Oilers better at transitioning the puck up the ice, or at the very least, get dumping it out, because Clefbaum, Larson, Sekera, and Russell have been pretty good with the puck. And to get back to Larson, one thing I like about him is, and, and the intelligence that I see from him, is his ability to know when to punt. I mean, there were a couple times yesterday where Larson didn't see anybody up the wing, didn't necessarily have a good place to backpedal with the puck, he flips it out. He doesn't ice it, gets the air under it, flips it out. Fine, the other team's going to get it, but they're going to get it at their own blue line instead of in in the Oilers' end. And and Nurse, we've obviously seen him work the puck into some some you know dangerous situations. 
Uh, Brad says, Reed, did you see uh, Darcy McLeod's post showing every high danger scoring chance against the Oilers came with Nurse on the ice? Six for him, three for Davidson, one for everybody else except Russell. So that's uh, six high scoring chances with two defensemen, so that's up to 12. Brad says, all the others only had one when paired with Nurse. Uh, He needs to go to the minors or will cost the games as the season goes on. I didn't see that. Uh, I mean, I think, Brad, you can always argue what's a high-scoring chance and what isn't, but I know uh, Darcy McLeod, Wood guy on Twitter, does some pretty good stuff. Fair enough. I, 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 Brad, I would just say at this point, am I ready to shuffle Darnell Nurse off to the minors? Not quite. But maybe if Griba comes in, has a couple solid games, maybe he can send Nurse down for a while. And, and then the interesting thing, I mean, is Mark Fain just kind of floating in limbo now? Is he, you know, is he that guy you're not really gonna send down, but you're not totally comfortable playing? Is is that who he has become? Because, like I said, I would play Griba tomorrow. And as much as I have praised Benning for his work in the preseason, I'm I'm not throwing him into his first game tomorrow night. And let's put it this way, guys: if if they if they need roster space, somebody comes back for an injury, or they acquire somebody, or whatever, who are you sending down? You're probably sending Benning down before Nurse, right? So that's why I think from both for my opinion and, you know, trying to anticipate what the Oilers would do, that's why I say I don't expect Nurse to go down. Uh, All right. Catching up on some text here. Michael says there were three things not great about last night's game. A defensive breakdown for the Oilers in the second period. A goaltending breakdown for Elliott and questionable officiating. Aside from that, it was an amazing game. Goosebumps when it was four on four. McDavid and Nuge versus Goudreau and Monaghan. If this game is an omen, it means the resurrection of the Battle of Alberta. That's good for both teams. That's for Michael. Well, that would be great. Uh, This texture says... Uh, Jordan Eberle is too small and doesn't produce turnovers or fight for the puck. Horrible on defense, and yet he's always on the top line. I realize he would be no good on the third or fourth line either as he is not a good checker. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and uh, Maroon will be the top line. All right, well, I mean, I think that's why they, they, the Milan Lucic is with McDavid and Eberle, so he can be a little more of a, a forechecking presence. Um, I, I mean... Here's the thing. Jordan Eberle can score goals, and guys like that in the NHL are always going to have value. And, and I, I criticized Eberle at times last year, and I think if Jordan Eberle is the second-best forward on your team, maybe you don't have a great team. If he's third, fourth, or fifth, you know maybe that's a little better, or you have guys doing things that Eberle doesn't do, and you have a little more well-rounded roster. Um, then I think that's fine. I, I mean, looking at Everly last night, that I think he he had a bad game. I I mean, I wouldn't say that. I thought he played fine. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text six thirty six thirty. We're coming back with uh, a little bit on Zach Cassian. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chet. 
Nationals with a 1-0 lead on the Dodgers. Bottom of the second inning, game five of that series. Uh, do you have the football game on there, Kellen? What are you watching? I got the baseball game on. Uh, Broncos and Chargers. I think Matthew Panaschik is at this game, is he not? He in is, San Diego. Yeah. Chargers up 7-0, four and a half minutes left in uh, the first quarter there. All right. Uh, this texter simply says, it's game one. Can we please not run Nurse out of town already? Uh, also have some texters suggesting that uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Jordan Eberle need to go. Okay. Let's... Uh, have you noticed they're 1-0, and everybody? Like, they actually won. Have you noticed Peter Shirelli's actually made some pretty significant changes in uh, 18 months? Okay. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Here's Jeff. Hey Jeff. Hey, I just want to make two quick comments. I totally agree with that texture that says you're one game in. Don't start ripping on Nurse. You know, um, the other comment I wanted to make was yes, the Oilers have gotten a lot better, but they're unfortunately still not good enough to cover a lapse in any of the zones. They're very young on D. They have a good goalie, but it's not a Henrik Lundqvist. And their forwards, you know, we we have yet to really see outside of Connor McDavid what they're made of. I think that's all fair. I, I mean, I, I predicted that the Oilers would win 38 games this season and likely just miss out on the playoffs. Uh, I, I think there are encouraging signs. I mean, fair points. I think there's some still some depth issues and uh, probably still some experience issues. Now, the, the general manager could, could fix the depth. Can't do it overnight. Some of the experience issues, you, either have, you, you kind of have to wait and see and see if some players start to figure it out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to just throw the towel in on Nurse. I mean, there's another guy, that's another high draft pick who, you know, most teams would have taken around that, around that slot. So I, I'm, I, I'm thinking, you know, and, and plus here's the thing with Nurse. Uh, the Oilers have had the problem in recent years of playing guys higher in the lineup than where they belong, which is why... You know, Nurse hasn't been thrust into the role of being the top defenseman. He's on the third pair. I don't think that's a tragedy. No, for a high draft pick, and he's not doing what Justin Schultz did, who played far too many minutes for what he was capable of. Jeff, good to hear from you, buddy. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We also have Jess on the line here. Hello, Jess. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Good, yeah, it's Reed. Reed was, sorry, sorry, what Reed. is your is, yeah. is your name? What's your name? It's Jeff. Okay. With an S. Okay, perfect. What's on your mind? Hey, I just wanted to call in and say, uh, you know, I'm ecstatic with the win last night, and it's, you know, it's too bad that I guess ten years of practicing criticizing what the Oilers are doing. It's uh, as far as I'm concerned, a win's a win, and you know, if we can have the I admit it wasn't a pretty win last night, but, you know, if we can have those mistakes and still be pulling off wins, I said, think that says a lot for the organization this year. Well, I'd sooner win ugly than lose pretty, right? I That's mean, right. Most coaches will say, I mean, somebody just texted in, Jordan Eberle needs to go. I mean, let's, I mean, <laughs> like, Peter Shirelli's changed some stuff here, and I don't want to, like... <laughs> it's, it's incredible what he's doing, you know, and I mean, just the... Uh, the improvements that have been made and these guys haven't played as much of a team but we've got some veterans in there now and 
and uh, there's a lot more excitement, it seems, even coming from the players now. Well, and I'm not suggesting that the team is going to rocket to the Stanley Cup. Like I, don't, I, I think it's unlikely that it's a playoff roster, but I'm just surprised I'm, I'm getting this many trade suggestions and, uh, and unhappiness after, after the first game. But that's okay. It's because people care. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Reed. All right, and Barry's going to get the last word this half hour. Hey, Barry. Hey, how are you doing, Reed? I'm doing great. Hey, just a couple quick points. Uh, I think Chris Russell is going to turn out to be one of the best signings in the NHL this year. And uh, I could, did uh, Kelly Rudy actually say that Mark Giordano is the best defenseman in the NHL? I don't think he said he was the best. I think he said he was, he's been one of the best. No, he said. In, in, I heard that he said in my mind he's the best defenseman in the NHL. Oh, did he? Okay, I must have missed that exact how can, part. How can he? How come he can't even make the Canada Cup team? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, because there were guys better. He was named to the Olympic team, but then he got hurt, oh, he's right? A, he's a heck of a defense. He's very good. But he's not He's not even close to being the best in the NHL. That's just, I got I got a beef with Kelly Rudy. He sees a whole different game than me. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. Well, hey, I wouldn't have Kelly on if he didn't annoy people sometimes. That's there what makes it fun. He's a Calgary now, Calgary boy now instead of Edmonton. Yeah, he was born in Edmonton. He still likes Edmonton a lot. Uh, his no, parents. He, he, likes, he likes to sling arrows, but he likes Connor McDavid. He likes Connor McDavid. And look, Kelly's been hard on the Oilers, and it's funny. Uh, Very hard. When he was, and but so were a lot of people who cheer for the Oilers. But when but when Kelly did it, it made people mad. Well, he he, he hated the Oilers <laughs> because we used to beat him up so bad. <laughs> Barry, thanks for calling. Have a good one. All right, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We will go to Calgary. We'll check in with Stoffer when we get back. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.